what's this? No, I'm, I'm not getting into it. Uh, yeah, Joe, you know, who wants to bring us in here? I'll bring us in. But oh, Joe, okay. do you want to do it? I'll do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Are we sure? I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> I just give a shit. If you don't like it, how <laughs> I bring us in, you cut it, and then you, someone else do it. Uh, no. Just to give you an idea, Jeff, on how much we fuck with Joe and we fuck, well, fuck with each other, Joe asked how we were going to do the giveaway, and I said, I don't know, we'll probably just mail it out to the person. <laughs> he, thought I, he thought I was being serious. And then when I said, uh, no, Jeff will mail it, he said, yeah, yeah, we'll do that, we'll have him do it. <laughs> fuck. All right, ready? Uh, so I'll bring us in? Yeah. All right, TIW Mafia, here we are again on a Tuesday night. Scratch that. Let's start again because we're recording. <laughs> All right, TIW. Hold on. Just fucking. Right. What I need right here. This is what I need. This is what I need. I just need like five seconds of pause because this is where I need to fucking go. When I get oh. this and I break it down to audio, Josh. I'm going to look for that five seconds. Josh, just go with me on this. Okay. What's up, TIW Mafia? JP here, and it's a Tuesday. Ah, no, fuck it. Josh, bring us in. No, god damn it. <laughs> I hate you guys. I know. Want me to do it again? Yes. Just Joe. Five, five Joe don't say cunt and debt wish. Do not say cunt and debt wish today in the same sentence. We'll have to bring that up and explain. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Five All seconds right. of pause, yeah. please. No, just, just. Fuck it. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate <laughs> you. and love you both. Ready? Yes. All right. T.A.W. Mafia. This is Big Joe. I'm here with JP and the Yeti, and we have a special guest with us. We have the one and only Incredible Jeff from Death Wish Coffee. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm so happy to freaking be on your show because uh, I'm afraid of all of you. (laughs) (laughs) You you must have seen us in person. I know you've seen me. I haven't seen you in about a year now, right? Yeah, a little over a year. And so you're only about an hour and a half away. Yeah, yeah, you got to come visit. So uh, how's the coffee business? Coffee business is great. Um, I never thought I would work for a coffee company, but uh, it is probably the craziest industry out there right now. It really is. Is it like the microbrew industry, is it? Because I'm, I'm up here in Montana, and these guys give me shit about they get the wrestling all the time, but I'm I'm like in in the the haven of micro beer because I can go anywhere any time and get like twenty five different beers on tap. Is coffee like that? It's getting that way. Like I mean, um, there's what they call waves of coffee: your first wave, your second wave, your third wave. Uh, Death Wish is considered a third wave coffee because it is that upstart. We're not Folgers. We're not Starbucks. Um, you know, we're, we're that third generation and that third generation has really, um, opened the doors for a lot of different companies and a lot of different blends of coffee that you're seeing out there today. If you're not just buying Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks or Folgers or any of that garbage. Um, and it, it, it really can be interesting when you, when you meet a lot of these different companies, because it, it, there are a lot of parallels to the, the microbrew kind of culture. Now, being Death Wish Coffee, when you see somebody with um, a Dunkin' Donuts cup, do you look at them and go, geez, didn't you want some caffeine? <laughs> well, um, I'll say it like this. I understand that caffeine is probably the best 
legal drug on the market. And I don't ever judge. I, I'm not personally, if we're talking Dunkin' Donuts, I'm not a, I'm not a Dunkin' Donuts fan because they put so much. You can ask for just black Dunkin' Donuts coffee and they'll still put cream and sugar in it because that's their, that's their deal. But um, I understand that if you're out on the road or you're traveling or whatever and you need your caffeine fix, if there's a Dunkin' there or a Starbucks over here or wherever, you know, you're going to stop and get it. Like, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's no hate. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta get that fix. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's definitely the convenience of it. Yeah. With those doors. <laughs> now you do the podcast for death wish, correct? I do. I do. I run uh fuel by death cast, which, um, started out, uh, about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, um, from the idea of like when Mike Brown, the owner of death wish coffee started death wish coffee. He always wanted to not only create a good cup of coffee, a strong cup of coffee, um, but he wanted to create a lifestyle brand. He wanted to create this ideal where he's not only fueling you with caffeine, but his company is fueling your passion. And that's kind of where the podcast was born. Um, Fuel by Deathcast is all about fueling people's passion. The elevator pitch, the real simple thing is, is that we are all fueled by death. Uh, we want to leave this world a little different before we inevitably leave it for good. So every single week I on Thursday, Fuel by Deathcast comes out with a brand new special guest, and I get to talk to them about what they do, why they do it, and what fuels their passion to do it. And that is guests that from all walks of life, musicians, authors, athletes, wrestlers, uh, astronauts, everything in between. Well, as you said, musicians... Now you have a special coffee that's was done in part by a pretty famous musician. One of the best guitarists to ever live, Zach Wilde. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I just yes. some of that today. So when the company first got its start and started to make some traction, this is the romantic uh, rock and roll story. I'll tell you guys. So um, Zach Wilde uh, is really good friends with Carrie King, the guitarist of Slayer. Yeah. And uh, Carrie was coming out with his own brand of coffee. And a lot of these old rockers, you know, like that's their deal is like um, they've been there, done that with the drugs and the alcohol. And now, you know, they still want to keep rocking, but they're, they're, that part of their life's gone. So a lot of these old rockers are all about the caffeine and all about the coffee. So when Carrie was starting to develop his coffee line, Zach was like, well, fuck that. I want my own damn coffee. And him and his buddy, Blasco, who's actually the bassist in um, Zach Sabbath, also Blasco played for Rob Zombie and a bunch of other bands. Um, they started vetting companies and looking for like, you know, like what would be a good fit? And this was right at the start of Death Wish Coffee. And they contacted Mike Brown, the owner, and was like, hey, Zach's looking to make a coffee. Would you be interested? And of course, like a budding small business with like, barely any customer base, you know, and one of Ozzy Osbourne's guitarists contacts you, of course you say yes. So uh, our other blend is uh, Bahala Java Odin Force blend, and it is uh, made in part with Zach Wilde, where um, uh, Death Wish Coffee is a specific blend of two different single source origin beans. Um, Bahala Java is five different beans from around the world. Now, is it true that there's a drop of Zach's blood in every cup? <laughs> every fifty cups. If oh, we were to do it, cups. yeah. If we were to do it every cup, 
Zach would be dead by now. So like it's a drop of blood every 50 cups. And but the greatest thing is is that Zach really enjoys the brew. He had a hand in, you know, in vetting it when we came up with the recipe. And to this day, if you follow Zach Wild on social media, you can see him, you know, drinking the coffee, talking about the coffee. And it is such a huge part of his life. And in fact, um, going back to my podcast, if you if uh, any of your listeners want to check out Fuel by Deathcast, I've had Zach on the show twice. And the second time was our hundredth episode. And I flew out to um, L.A. and recorded it in his recording studio, the Black Vatican. And we talked all about how uh, Bahala Java has basically fueled the last couple black label records. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, that's. Really you know what's cool. funny? This is crazy. Like, this is how small of a world it is. Like, so he was just here in Billings last night, right? With uh, just... Black Label, right? Yeah. So yeah. He, he just played here last night, and I had to make a decision in my life that was very conflicting. Like, there was Zach Wild, there's Hell Yeah and Nonpoint. Oh, shit. And there's also Slayer's final tour here in Billings. Oh, yeah. so you I'm like, I'm, sorry, I'm like, okay, I gotta because it's like three hundred dollar VIP, you know. So, so this is meet and greet. This is all that shit, right? So I'm like, I gotta pass. I just, I, I, I gotta take a pass for Slayer for the last one. It's just so it just that's a it's funny. I, it's a small world. That's really can, cool. Can I just it's say a, that I love that I saw Slayer's last show of that tour like two months ago, and it's still going. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and I get it. I'm I'm fucking gonna go, and I'm saving up that money. Like balls out. I mean, I, I'm I'm almost there, so it's cool. That's awesome. That's gonna be fun. No, That's I, awesome. You a I metal did, guy? Me? Yeah, I'm a super metal guy. And I'll tell. I'll I'll actually um I'll tell you that in a second. I just wanted to tell you that all three of those options that you were just talking about, yeah. um, they're all fueled by Death Wish. We fuel obviously Zach and all of his tours. Uh, Hell Yeah is a huge supporter of Deathwish Coffee, and I send them coffee all the time. And uh, this whole last uh, tour of Slayer, even though Carrie's got his own coffee, some of them like Deathwish too, so, so so we throw them oh, in Deathwish as well. Yeah, that's amazing. But uh, yeah. I love I love metal. I've always been a metal fan. Um, in fact, I've been in metal bands for a while, and I always get this question: Oh, you were in metal bands, so what did you play? It's never what you think. I was an electric violinist. Um and I still am. Didn't you also play the skin flute? Oh yeah. No, oh, yeah. no, here, never see, on stage though. That's that's he, backstage. Here's oh. the thing. So like when we say metal, is like when when you say metal to average people, right? Yeah. They go, Oh, Metallica. No. Right. What I, what you're like, there's symphonic, there's melodic, totally. there's black, there's death, there's uh, there's everything. I mean, totally. so when you say totally. that and you say when you say electric violin, I'm like I'm 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 on edge, like I'm waiting. Yeah. So like, basically, like, here's the, the, the short story is like, when I was really young, um, my cousin uh, introduced me to Metallica and Iron Maiden. And yeah. like, from that point on, everything had changed. And I went down, you know, every single rabbit hole, like the first uh, cassette I ever bought was Injustice for All. And, um, uh, I've always, I've always been a fan of metal, but like you said, there's so many different varieties of it. Uh, symphonic metal, obviously, you know, I'm a big tool fan of the new record. Um, and even, even the other side of it, death metal, I'm a huge death metal fan. Cannibal Corpse is one of the greatest 
bands to ever come out of anywhere and they still are putting out amazing records um and you know everything in between power metal you know speed metal all of it it's just great the my favorite band ever in any genre forever is pantera and my hero is dimebag Darrow. yeah that was rough man and i think that's my i think that's why i passed on seeing zach is so i could go see hell yeah hell yeah for that specific reason and also for the other loss i mean that's the biggest reason i mean that and that album is i mean sangre por sangre has been out for what like a year now maybe uh, yeah more. almost and, yeah almost a year and a half i think and yeah. they still just i mean that whole album is another one that you can just literally play from beginning to end and when you say pantera like that is what i see in hell yeah and dude i respect 100 percent. no pun intended so <laughs> does zach wild is that how he plays the guitar with his mouth does he have to like chug a cup of death wish first <laughs> well he's always drinking bahala first of all and um uh he can play the guitar behind his head he can play yeah. the guitar behind his back it's it like I, that dude and talking to him again going back to having him on the 100th episode of fuel by death cast um one of the coolest things that he was talking about is i asked him you know what is it like to be him you know like you are not only Ozzy's guitarist, he's been Ozzy's guitarist since 1987, but to be someone who, you know, is lauded as one of the best guitarists out there. And he's like, it's a chore because and it, it's a chore he loves, but it's something that like he puts the work in every single day. If you again, if you follow him on social media, half of his social media is just him learning to play somebody else's solo or just doing scales or just videotaping him just noodling just because he's doing hours every single day playing the guitar. I feel like probably up until a couple of years ago, he didn't even realize he was him, though. Like, he was doing these huge things, but didn't yeah. realize. You know what I mean? To him, it was just life. Yeah, and it is just life. When he was, like, he tells the story that, you know, he was a Sabbath fan in high school, right? He was in bands in high school, you know, like, everybody has shitty bands in high school or whatever. <laughs> And he gets out of high school and auditions for Ozzy and gets it. He starts playing for Ozzy when he's 19. There's no, there's no, there, it it never was like, oh, I've, I'm Zach Wild and now I'm at the pinnacle. He started at the pinnacle. He, he got, he got into that, that driver's seat right there because of his talent. And, you know, he never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because of the work that he put in. It's it's incredible. But you're right. He never. It's not like he ever noticed it. It was always just, well, this is normal. This is who I am. Now, how did you get into podcasting? What came first, Death Wish or the pod uh, fueled by? Well, fueled by Deathcast um, was born out of Death Wish with the whole fuel fuel your passion and and you know talking to different people and that kind of stuff. Um, but I got into podcasting before Death Wish. So basically, I was in bands forever. And uh, I was in this band that was like a progressive metal band. And we were going for it. And, you know, like we were looking at, we had record labels looking at us. We were going on tour. And like things had, not to get into it, but like things happened, the band broke up, you know, because of reasons. And that happened. 
Life happens. Life happens. Exactly. So I took a, I took a turn in my life and I started to, uh, I was in a dark place. I was like, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I, I put so much energy into this band. I was, I've always, I was always a cook. I was cooking in um, restaurants and I was cooking for a college forever. And so that was my day job. But I was like, you know, what am I going to do? Like to, you know, fuel my passion and stuff like that. And then I just was decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start saying yes to any opportunity that hits. And um, I got the opportunity to start writing for a music, an online music magazine called New York oh State God. Music. And um, it just is a guest writer. And then I then I became like an actual writer for it. I covered uh, the Monster Tour. Um, I think this was have been 2015, 2014. It was when Corn and Avenged Sevenfold were on it. And I, I covered all those bands, interviewed all those bands and everything. And then that put me um, into writing for other different websites, kind of like as a freelancer thing. And one thing that I've always been um, a fan of is comic books. In fact, if you're looking at this, you can see behind me, I have long boxes of comic books and comic books on the wall and all that stuff. I've always loved that. And I fell in with a geek website called Fanboys Inc. And um, I was reviewing comic books and reviewing like movies and that kind of stuff on the site and doing like a bunch of blog stuff. And they also had a podcast network. And uh, while I was reviewing and writing for that site, one of the hosts actually quit. And um, the guy who ran the whole site was like, hey, would you like to fill in as a podcast host? And I was like, I don't know what the fuck a podcast is. Sure. <laughs> you know, like, I'll do that. And um, I started doing that. And I did that for the better part of a year. And that's kind of when I started to fall in with Deathwish because um, when Deathwish started and started to get a lot of traction, especially right around the time of the Super Bowl commercial and, and before that, um, a couple of my best friends in the world were working for Deathwish Coffee. So I knew the company. I knew like kind of like what they were doing. And they wanted to break into the comic book world. Uh, organically. Mike's great. He's such an amazing um, owner and CEO. Like he doesn't ever want to show up somewhere and be, for lack of a better term, a poser. He wants to, you know, really like if, if Deathwish is going to be a part of something, whether it's music or, or space or comic books or whatever, we want to be there because we're supposed to be there. Or wrestling. And so we, so with comic books, they started to talk to me and they were like, how can we kind of break into this business? And so I started consulting to Deathwish as I was working for this geek site of how they could break into the business. And I brought them down to New York Comic Con in 2015 and uh, let them meet a bunch of different artists and creators and writers and stuff like that of comics. And uh, um, they, that actually turned into Deathwish Coffee being the official coffee of New York Comic Con in 2016, and then Deathwish uh, made their own comic book with a couple of the creators that I put them in contact with, and uh, all of that, along with podcasting, kind of brought me into the fold. Hey, so let's let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take a break real quick, because we got Joe's bills to pay, because he's where he's at. I got my yeah, bills to pay. Yeah, yeah, gotta I'm get where that. I'm at. And JP's got money. We're, we all gotta get that money. So let's take a break. All right, TIW Mafia, we're back with the incredible Jeff. Before we get back into our discussion of everything he's just done and everybody he's met uh, over the years, I have a trivia question, and oh. Jeff has been gracious enough to offer us a prize pack to give away. Yeah. 
it's going to be pretty badass. Uh, Jeff, what did you say? It was about $100 value? Yeah, it's about $100 value. You're going to get a pound of Death Wish coffee. You're going to get a travel mug, a clean canteen Death Wish travel mug. Boom, you're going to get. Awesome. I use it every day. Yep. You're going to get a hand thrown Deneen Pottery Death Wish mug, the 2019 version of that. And you're also going to get a four pack of our brand new canned cold brew. So, I mean, you're going to be caffeinated either for a week or for an hour. And if you drink it all in an hour, I have, like, I'm not going to pay your medical bills. That's all I'm Read saying. Read the disclaimer <laughs> on the can first. Yeah. <laughs> Stickers, I'll throw in some, some all sorts of cool stuff in there. All right. All right. So this is a two-part. This is a two-part question. And one more time, all you got to do is tweet at uh, Fueled by Deathcast and at, what is it, the Irish Boys? Three Irish Boys. Three Irish Boys, at Three Irish Boys, hashtag. T-I-W Trivia. T-I-W Trivia. So many consonants. Um, so, two-part question. You got to answer both of them correctly. What year did Death Wish Coffee get its start? And where is the farthest place that Death Wish Coffee has been brewed. And they don't have to look too far to find those answers. No, I mean, I'm sure Deathwish Coffee's on the internet somewhere. <laughs> no. Deathwish Coffee's on the internet everywhere. <laughs> it really, like, you guys have a really good presence on the net. Thank you, thank you. And I well, think that's important for, uh, you know, you guys aren't really a new company anymore. But for a smaller company, like you said, it's not Folgers. Right. I think that's really important because you guys get a lot of word of mouth. People talk about it because of the caffeine. And totally. how much how much more caffeinated is it than a regular cup? Is All that right. actually measured? It it is. You can go to sites like caffeineinformer.com. They're constantly doing tests um on different coffee companies and stuff like that. We don't ever really deal in numbers because when you're when you're comparing, uh, let me put it this way: There's a lot of companies out there that add caffeine to their brew, okay? And that's in my my idea bullshit. Um, what we do is not adding any caffeine. It's about how we brew the coffee, the temperature we brew the coffee, and the beans that we use. And the numbers really don't matter. What it is is it's how it tastes and how it makes you feel. And uh, consistently, okay. a cup of our coffee, if you were to drink a normal cup of Death Wish coffee, you're going to get double the amount of caffeine that you'd get in a normal cup of coffee, insert name here. I can okay. vouch for that because I had my first cup this morning and I was highly caffeinated. Excellent. How, how did you like it, Josh? I, uh, I didn't get those uh, typical caffeine jitters that you'd think you would get. So it was a nice, uh, smooth. And this is weird because I'm like Jeff. It's like it, caffeine is one of the coolest drugs in the world for me because it's uh, legal. Yep. And once you figure out what that like what that groove is and your caffeine, um, you can maintain like you don't want the, the people that over D OD on this shit and, and all and get that's why these drinks get a bad rap is because people it's right. all in what's moderation, man. So, no, it was a good, nice, perfect caffeine high that wasn't all jittery, sweaty. You know, there was no, um, I didn't get the shits, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so that's perfect, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. You say it's the only that's over caffeinated. I'm just, that's a caffeine guy right there. He'll tell you. My gut didn't all bubbly. I didn't, you know, it just, 
it it's a it's a perfect brew, man, in a K cup too. So it it it, it was perfect for me. Yeah, I like that you have the cold brew now. I'm an iced coffee like. In yeah. Boston, it's pretty normal to be an iced coffee drinker year-round, even though we'll have 10 feet of snow. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate the cold brew. Um, I'm, so new, I'm actually it. really new to the cold brew, and I'm really I'm going to really look forward I mean, living in Montana. I mean, I, I got the K-Cups for sure. Um, yeah. But I think at, at uh, a lot of the local places here, I think they have the espresso or the beans. So that's a cool thing, too. So. He's got the K cups of coffee, but he's got his own D cups. <laughs> We're working on getting the cold brew in as many places as possible. Right now, it's predominantly online, uh, either deathwishcoffee.com or on Amazon. If you Amazon Prime, you get it in two days. Um, and the great thing about the cold brew is it's eight. It's an eight ounce can, so it's eight ounces of fluid, but you're getting three hundred milligrams of coffee of caffeine. Like, so it's like that- those little, like those little tomato juice cans. Yeah, but better because uh, yeah, it's, yes, yes, yeah, not like yeah, they're, they're yeah. about the size of the, I mean, the cans that's perfect, yeah. And, um, you know, again, to throw it back to your show, talking about wrestling and stuff like that, um, they talk about how caffeine is a great pre workout, coffee is yes. a great pre workout, and you're looking for anywhere between 150 to 200 milligrams for a pre-workout and that can is 300 milligrams. So you do about two thirds of that can, then you work out and then you got another third to like keep you going when you're done. You forgot the sativa in between the coffee. Oh yeah, no, 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 sativa for sure. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> during workout, before workout, after workout. Yeah, I gotcha. I'm, you know, I'm on that. When you said that you mentioned the show and the caffeine and the workout, how different would 90s wrestling have been if Stone Cold went out there and was pounding cans of Death Wish instead of cans of beer. Right? I never understood that. Like, I understood it from, like, the machismo, you know, uh, like, I'm going to come out there and crush a can of beer and throw beer to the audience and, like, be that. But there were some matches where... You know, especially early on when he realized that, oh, that was like a crowd pleaser, that it was like nine beers. And it's like, yo, dude, like, you're going to hurt yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but out of the nine beers, the amount that he spilled to the amount that he drank. (laughs) Right. Totally. Probably drank it. He probably came out and he had beers with the Vikings or a new tag team raw. One of them is from Boston. His ah. first beer ever was in the middle of the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin last week. Oh, damn. <laughs> he first didn't drink ever. a drop of it. If you watch it, he didn't drink a drop. And I think Seth Rollins drank every drop of that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't oh, yeah. drank in 26 Jeff, what's... years. What? I haven't drank in over 26 years. If I'm in the middle of the ring and Stone Cold hands me a beer, I'm chugging that motherfucker. What do you do? Hey, I've said the same thing, you know, like I haven't smoked cigarettes in years, but like say, you know, Dave Grohl was to walk up to me and be like, hey, man, you want to smoke a cigarette? I'd be like, sure. You know, like it's it's the same thing. I get it. You know, like like in that situation, Stone Cold throws you a beer and and not only does Stone Cold throw you a beer, but it's Monday Night fucking raw and you're on television. You got (laughs) to run MSG. You gotta chug that shit. I and get he's it. He's not out there smashing cans of O'Doul's either. Right. No, exactly. No. 
It's probably like Coors or Paps or something. But he's, he's actually got his own. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. He's got his own guy. Because of course he's he got does. his. Right. But it's like that's like coffee. Yeah. You know, like I'm sure those heavy metal, the all the metal bands need coffee because like, they're not the Slayer. Yeah. They're not thirty. They're not twenty years old. They're not thirty years old anymore. Yeah. And they're playing until eleven o'clock at night in a Slayer concert. I've seen Slayer a couple times. They do nothing but play. They don't yeah. stop up there. There's no talking. I'm sure they need some caffeine. They definitely and- do. I'll tell you a story, frickin', um, I just found this out a couple months ago, and it and it's so awesome. So, Ozzy's been, you know, he's been battling, but he's been sober for the last handful of years, right? Yeah. You know, throughout his career, he's always battled addiction, he's always battled that kind of stuff. And when he goes sober, the multiple times that he's done that, it's always, to, to throw back to wrestling, stone cold. It's always been that, you know, it's like, it's all or nothing with him. And only recently has Ozzy started to um, get back into allowing himself some vices. And one of those is caffeine. I'll give you three guesses as to what coffee he drinks. Maxwell House? (laughs) You're fucking wrong. (laughs) Good thing it wasn't the trivia question. I'm guessing it's it's not Folgers in his cup. No, it's not. But, I mean, that's really rad that, like, you know, like, he's got, he's even gotten to the point. He's over 70 now, and, you know, it's like, it's to the point where it's like, you know, he still wants to get out there. I mean, he's been dealing with his health issues this year, and it's been a rough year for him. But he's going to get back out on tour, and when he does... Caffeine's gonna freaking help him. And no. Deathwish fits right into his gimmick. Yeah. You know? Very you much so. You bite the, the lid off a can of Deathwish cold brew. Mm-hmm. Why do you, oh, I I'll, I'll tell you, you another. Can, I don't think you can call Ozzy a gimmick. I don't think that, especially when you're talking wrestling talk, I think that's incorrect. Spectacle. No. If, this wasn't happens... re- if this wasn't a wrestling show, I'd have let that slide, but th- this being a wrestling show, I had to call you on your shit. What happens to the company when Ozzy contacts you and says, hey, I want some coffee? Well, the great thing is, is he didn't contact us. He contacted Zach, obviously. So Zach, okay. Zach's then like, hey, can we hook the boss up with some coffee? And we're like, yeah, of course you we want can. To, do you want me to deliver? <laughs> yeah, right. of course we we'll, can. So we'll we show up every morning, brew it for him. Yeah, whatever he wants. Um, you know, going back to wrestling, though, uh, you know, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of the older guys, too, like, they're all, that, that coffee culture is is a big thing. But it was always that before. Um, not to plug myself again, but Fueled by Deathcast, my show, I've gotten the I've gotten the chance to talk to some amazing people. And I had um, Ted DiBiase on my show, The Million Dollar Man. And um, incredible conversation. I, I was so excited to talk to Ted about his career and everything, but he really did talk about how back in the early days before Vince McMahon, you know, coalesced everything in the WWF and it was just all the territories and you had to like, you had to wrestle eight nights a week, you know, to, to, to get anywhere. He was just saying that like all the guys, no matter what you partied on, no matter what you did, coffee was life. Well, those guys, they literally drove town to town, town to town. So they were really in the car that much and driving, and you got to yeah. stay awake somehow. Well, yeah, it was the only thing you can get, even still to this day, 
pretty much 24-7 everywhere you go. Right. I can get, I can get heroin across, across the street. But if you're not across the street, what are you going to do? There's probably a, a coffee store somewhere on the same side of the street you're on. Yeah. So who, when growing up, did you did you watch pro wrestling growing up? I mean, what was your what's your first memory of pro wrestling? My first memory of pro wrestling is getting grounded, um, nice. because <laughs> uh, when I was uh, really really young, um, we had uh, a couch and like um, like one of those lazy boys uh, like recliners that that was my dad's chair in like in our in our living room with a television was. And I can't remember, like, I was so young, I cannot remember what match was on. I can't remember what was happening. But I was watching wrestling and then decided that all of the guys that were jumping off the ropes and, and, and you know, pile driving guys and stuff like that, I was going to do that to my stuffed animals <laughs> from, from the couch to the lazy boy. And my mom at the time was like somewhere else in the house, you know, like did like probably doing something like laundry or something and like came in when I was doing that and was so mad because not only should I have not been doing that, but I broke the lazy boy. <laughs> so I got grounded for a month and could not watch wrestling. And that's my first memory of like really like, oh, my God, wrestling's amazing because because uh, she grounded me from it. And I couldn't watch it, and all I wanted to do was watch wrestling. Do you remember? This is going to be crazy. This, I'm going to try. This is going to be fun. Do you remember the time of day? Yeah, it would have been. Um, I'm going to say before lunch, because I think I was homesick from from like kindergarten. I want to say that's how young I was. Like I think it was like early in the day. Do you remember? So do you remember like uh like the what was the season like? Do you remember like was it fall, winter, spring? Oh nope, nope. <laughs> My brain I'm thinking. Does not I'm thinking that's TBS in the afternoons, or um, this would have been. NWA. I'll give you. I'll give you a year. This would have been '86. Let's say. It could have been. It could have been AWA, late AWA or early NWA. Yeah. I'll send you a video at some point of one of the hosts at this show who you know, who you've met before. Dressed up as Hulk Hogan if he doesn't kill me for it. <laughs> oh, I was dressed up as the Ultimate Warrior. You were the Ultimate Warrior, that's right. That's oh, right. awesome. Warrior. I'll tell you this. When I was a kid, Hulk Hogan obviously was the best thing that ever happened to the sport because it was just so, he was larger than life and he was yeah. the Hulkamaniacs and all that stuff. I didn't buy into it. My, like, honest to God, the two guys that I wanted to see more than anything in the world were Andre the Giant because he was he looked different than anybody, and Rick fucking Flair. Andre was physically larger than life. Yeah, he lived with that term. Yeah, yeah. It was I I like anytime you I just you could couldn't even fathom it. But Rick Flair and his woo like that I, I would. I would do that at the dinner table and my parents would get mad at me. <laughs> we used to practice, we used to practice flare chops on a consistent basis. In our oh, yeah. That's we, awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, 
you know, you know, 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, kids, masculinity, you know, still no muscles whatsoever, just bare chested and just slapping the shit out of each other, trying to figure out who was tougher. I was never a flair guy. I was always a WWF guy. That's why. So I wasn't so much Hogan. I was always Steamboat and Piper. Oh, like I liked Hogan, but those, but Steamboat was my go-to. Yeah, Steamboat. Steamboat was great. I got to I got to meet Steamboat um, probably like four or five, no, six or seven years ago at this point. I don't know. So when's well, when's the when's the last time you watched a wrestling show? Like, when, what's the last thing you remember? I mean, I got the first thing. So what's the last? I'm I'm curious to see what the last thing is. Well, that's a twofold question. Um, professional wrestling, probably the last time I saw a professional wrestling match. Oh God, it would have been. I want to say, I want to say it would have been maybe ten years ago. I can't remember what would have happened, but I have I have a lot of friends that um, watch wrestling. It's still to this day, actually, and I know that I was present watching a professional match. But the last time I actually saw wrestling live, um, I got to see local wrestling in Rochester, New York. That's um, awesome. Which was awesome. Uh, and this guy used to be part of uh, ECW and WWE. Um, Co- Colin Delaney, uh, the Extremely oh, yeah. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin also was on my show, Fuel by Deathcast. Great ed- episode with him because not only did we talk about like breaking into the business and he went to wrestling school and all that stuff, but he owns this killer shop in Rochester um, right now. Shout out to Pop Rock. Um, Pop Rock, uh, is a cereal bar that serves Death Wish coffee. So you can get cereal and coffee any time of day. They have cartoons on and wrestling on all day long. And it's also a comic book shop and a video game. Um, it's amazing. And it's, and it's all Colin and his buddies, but, uh, they also do a lot of local wrestling and the name of the Rochester local escapes me. And uh, I, I feel bad for forgetting, but we got to go and watch them uh, like ringside. And it was awesome because, I mean, you know, professional wrestling, Madison Square, you're there and it's and it's incredible right. and it, the spectacle is amazing. But when you get to see like the rawness of it, you know, you know, Monday Night Raw is raw. But when you are in the, 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 the shit. <laughs> yeah, when you're. You're getting the sweat hitting you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, exactly. When you get the sweat hitting oops. you, uh, it was a, it was that was the last time I saw it. That was last year. That was amazing. That is actually like the essence of our show. I mean, literally, yeah. it's the that's what we're that's what we're infamous for is always talking or interviewing the people before they become the people. Yeah. Well, and, and with with that, what I love about wrestling, in in general, is Jeff just how you were just talking. You were talking in a normal tone, and you were going on about things and Ric Flair, and then you talked about how you were at ringside at a live event, and your voice got higher. Yeah. You were getting more excited, and you were getting amped up. That's what I – I want to bottle that. Yeah. Put that in some Death Wish coffee. It'll be three times the caffeine. It's the truth. And I tell that to people all the time. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's one of those things, like a comic book convention or – you know, or something, something along those lines where it's like, if you're not a fan of it, it's one of the things in, in life that you should experience once regardless. 
live wrestling is something that you should experience once regardless because you see it on television you see the late night pundits talk about it you see sports center talk about it you know and it's boiled down to this thing where you're like oh i understand that if you are in a live wrestling event and you you're sitting ringside and you feel the sweat and you see the people yelling at each other that you can't hear on television or, you know, like you just become friends with the guy next to you in the crowd that you've like never met before for that moment. You know, like it's, it's an, it's a fucking experience that, that you should do at least once in your life. It should be a bucket list thing. It should a local professional wrestling event. A professional one, not like right. not, 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 like not a... backyard wrestling and, and jumping off of buildings and shit like that. No, no, no. Mm. There are so many, and that's the greatest thing is, is that there are so many. If you look for them, yeah, there are so many great professional wrestling, you know, joints that are on the local level that aren't your WWEs right. or ECWs or whatever, you know, like, but they are localized in your area. You can find mm-hmm. them. You know, what well, I love about this convers- you know what I love about this conversation so far, you guys? Not one person has said independent. Like, that hasn't come up one time in this conversation. Like, it's it's oh. local. It's, it's local. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's all not independent. It's independent. It, but it's... all pro wrestling really is. Even the contract guys are independent contractors. That's the WWE. It's all true. It's, it's, a dumb, true. it's a dumb conversation. It's a really dumb conversation. And but, I want you guys to know I appreciate it. <laughs> Jeff, you had, Jeff, you had mentioned that you everyone should go to like a comic book convention, and that's where I met you. Was at at a fan convention, mm-hmm. and it was at I'm not going to mention the name of the company, but it was in Nashville a couple yep. of years ago. Yeah, and I want to point out one thing that you did that was pretty badass. At the time, you guys had a different version of your cold brew. Yes, yeah, the, our yeah, first, the, our first, and I'll just preface that. It was our first iteration. We were proud of it, and then we realized, ah, it's not as good as it can be, so we've got a better one out now. <laughs> but you had a stack of cans that was bigger than me. I'm 6'4". Yeah. And one of the actors, who is a large man, large red-headed man from The Walking Dead. Oh, I'll, tell, I'll, say, I'll say who it is, because yep. I love... I love fucking Michael Cutlass. Michael Cutlass is my homeboy. He, he's amazing. We're going to out and just have, we're going to replay, I love fucking Michael Cutlass over and over and over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I'll give you, I'll give you the, the other side of it. So the whole is time. Is this a work or a shoot? This Did you is, know that was happening? No, uh, this was just, no. This it. This is it. So, so we're, we're working this, we're working this event as Death Wish. And we're also podcasting there, which is great. And um, Ming Chen on Ming Chen shout out shared universe right here. Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we were, ha- it was an amazing freaking event and we were giving away free cans of cold brew and free samples of cold brew the entire time. And uh, easily a thousand cans. I don't even know how many tons of freaking cans and we didn't have anything to do with them. So we had this huge booth. So we just started making a pyramid behind us. <laughs> and at the end of the, the festival, this is why I love comic book conventions, because you never know what's going to happen, right? Like pop culture conventions, whatever they are. You never know what's going to happen. So at the end of the festival, I was talking to one of the um, uh, people who was running all the celebrity relations and everything. Shout out to Monique. She's amazing. And I was like, man, you know, like, we have all these cans. I think it'd be hilarious it, to get, like, video of someone just, like, 
pushing, tripping me into these cans or pushing me into the, these cans. And Monique, without even missing a beat, was like, Cutlass would do it. And I was like, Michael Cutlass from The Walking Dead? Like, really? And he's, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let, let me talk to him. And she comes back and she's like, yeah, he's down. Uh, you just got to wait until after the con's over, uh, after he's done with all of his autographs and everything. So we wait till the con's over and he comes over and he's this big dude. He's Abraham of The Walking Dead. He's a big dude, and he walks over to me, and he looks at me, and he's like, so what are we doing? And I pointed to all the cans, and I'm like, so, you know, there's this pyramid of cans, and we thought it'd be funny if you, like, picked me up and threw me into these cans. And he's like, without, he just looked at me with that smirk, that Abraham smirk, and goes, bend over. <laughs> so, oh, Joe, Joe, that's going to fit into that loop. That's, yep. I'm yeah. Not Bend over. I love bend over. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I bend over. He grabs the scruff of my neck, basically, right by my shirt. I remember skin. And you grabbed know. my belt on my pants and goes, Are you ready? And I said, Uh-huh. And went, huck, and just hucked me into the cans. And I like I said, I have it on video. One of the greatest moments of my life. And I told him afterwards, I was like, if you want to develop a TV show where we go around the world and you just pick me up and throw me into piles of shit, I'm so down for that. <laughs> that would be a good. That would be a good one. Yeah, right. But that's again. That's why I love pop culture and comic book conventions just as much as going to live stuff like that because it's like, not only did I not know that that was going to happen, but we had a crowd around us watching that and those people didn't know that was going to happen and that's what's cool about pop culture conventions because you never know what's going to freaking what you're going to experience at a, a giant convention like that now what brought you to how did you get death wish because i'm assuming with your comic book background you brought death wish to the conventions did yeah. that take a lot of convincing no because they like i said they wanted to kind of break into the comic book world one of my favorite stories to tell is that if you're a true, like, nerd comic book fan, like the guy who wants to collect everything, right? You want to collect the original artwork. And the original artwork from the golden age of comics oh. is usually on giant, you know, easel board pages, right? right? And they, they, they plot out all the panels and all that kind of stuff. And when you look through that, you can go to comic book conventions even today and paw through those. And they're very pricey. There are thousands of dollars worth because it's original artwork and stuff like that. But you'll paw through these. 99% of those pages have a fucking coffee stain on them because coffee fuels that industry. Because the writers, the artists, the creators, they have late hours. They're working 20 hours a day. You know, they have to get meet these deadlines because they're putting out monthly books and some of them multiple monthly books. So they're constantly doing it. So it would it just was a great fit. Like we're this offshoot coffee company who is a coffee company who really wants to get in, fuel people's passion. We want to fuel the passion of all these different things. And one of those is the comic book industry. And so they came to me and they were like, how do we break into this industry? So I brought them down to New York Comic Con in 2015. I showed them the potential of a giant convention like that and put them in front of some of the creators. And that's how we started to create our own comic book. And that's how we started to create this whole relationship with a lot of these creators. To this day, we still, you know, talk to like 
Um, one of the biggest creators for Batman in the last decade. I'm glad both you're on there right now. That was going to be my next. That was going to be my final question. It really was. Like I'm, uh, I'm, I want to hear your opinion on Batman. Okay, okay. I think Batman's went through a lot of stuff, but comic book wise, I just want to say they've definitely done some incredible stuff, and that is a hundred percent on the writer Scott Snyder and the artist Greg Capullo. Ah, uh, yeah. And both those guys love Deathwish Coffee and Bahala Java. In fact, Greg Capullo, if you see him in any press ever, he's not only maybe drinking a cup of coffee, but he's wearing Black Label Society stuff because he is a huge Zach Wilde supporter. That's now what's your blend? Straight black Deathwish. I've okay. I've always been somebody who's very amped and has a lot of energy, and I don't know what it is, but the more coffee I drink, the calmer I get. <laughs> yeah. So, no, so it that. like evens it evens me out. Do you get twice as calm with Deathwish? <laughs> not not twice as calm, but uh, it definitely it definitely helps. I drink probably at work. I drink probably four or five cups a day if I'm not drinking a cold brew in between that. And I actually, we did superlatives, like high school yearbook superlatives last year throughout the, throughout the company. And I won most caffeinated because I drink all yeah, the coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Now, I, I'm going to go off on a, on a I'm, tr I'm trying to put something together. I'm going to go off on a, a little, shut up. Oh Jake. my God, please. I what just, are you doing? I lost my words. I do this every time. I want to have sex. <laughs> Baby, but, um, shock. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I love fucking Michael Cutlets. <laughs> I love fucking Michael Cutlets. God no, damn it! It's gonna come back to haunt me. Be fueled by death. Regardless, I want to say that I love what you guys are doing here, and I just want to you guys to know that Deathwish supports you guys one hundred percent. And uh, we'll fuel you guys um, through your next million listeners. Congratulations on a million dollars, by by the way. That's oh. that's fucking awesome. We're not millionaires, but we've heard, been heard by a millionaires at this point. That's awesome. That you know awesome. No, you've got uh... something for our listeners, too, that don't win, I believe, right? Oh, really? We got shit for second place? Fuck, we're I playing think... for first. We're, we're paying losers now? I'm pretty that's not sure. Roll. I'm we don't roll sure that way, a... JP. We're champions here. Listen, I'm pretty sure everybody gets a promo code. Yeah, okay, from yeah, now on, right. from now on, you guys plug this every single show. It'll it this is this will not expire. Um, for real, anybody who listens to your show, if you want to go over to DeathwishCoffee.com and buy any of our coffee or any of our awesome merchandise, we're always coming out with new merchandise. In fact, we just partnered with Zippo. We came out with a Deathwish Zippo, which was really <laughs> rad. Um, and you know, making t-shirts and hats and all sorts of other stuff. Anything you see on there, put it in your cart and at checkout, you type in Irish whip, all one word, you get 10% off your, your purchase. 